Once the world was full of wonders, but it belongs to humans now. We creatures have all but disappeared. Demons, vampires and witches, hiding in plain sight, fearful of discovery, ill at ease even with each other. Once again, to a discovery of witches, demons, and vampires, the podcast, a weekly podcast on the television series, A Discovery of Witches. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you? Good. And in the state of Missouri? Good evening. This is Kevin. Kevin, how are you? A little tired, but fine. Thank you. Excellent. And in the province of Alberta, Canada? Hey, it's Sean. Hope everyone's doing well. Excellent. Yes, I think so. Uh, so folks who have stumbled upon us, we are part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. Uh, genre website that talks about all sorts of things that are genre, such as horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrillers, techno thrillers, mysteries, grindhouse, art. House. Midnight movies, foreign films, foreign language films, cult films, uh, grind house films, and art house films, and the like. Basically, we try to talk intelligently about a genre that deserves intelligence. There's numerous release articles, uh, notices, um, uh, podcasts, and so forth on the network. And of course, there's an email at darkdiscussions at aol.com or press the contact us link on the menu on darkdiscussions.com. Dot com and you can email us that way as well and we will e- we will read your emails on the podcast um, for folks who are new to this podcast basically uh, we discuss uh, as I stated um, the weekly episodes of the television series the television series of discovery which is is a show that stars Teresa Palmer and Matthew good among others and is found on shutter AMC plus and Sundance Plus or something like that on, uh, or at least in the United States. Uh, it's also found various other places in the UK, Canada, other English language countries. And um, it is a fantasy show. Um, though it has demons, witches, and vampires, it uh, is more mystical realism, urban fantasy, dark fantasy, and the like. Um, <clears throat> but again, if you're listening to this specific podcast, there's only two reasons. One, you're a big fan of the show and you wanted to hear other people's opinions and discussions on uh, the show, or you just like us uh, as podcasters and uh, interesting. Because uh, I know some people like uh, Kevin, before you joined uh, as a co-host on some of the podcasts, you used to listen to the Game of Thrones podcast, even though you weren't necessarily 
a person that would watch that show. So uh, we do know there's other folks out there that do listen to us just because they enjoy our uh, rumble and tumble and talking and whatnot. Uh, today is February 14th, Valentine's Day. Uh, we were going to record on the 13th, but because of uh, the Super Bowl, we pushed it back to tonight. And by this time uh, in the evening that we're recording it, uh, Valentine's Day, uh, it's pretty much officially over for uh, the group of us. Um, so it's not really impeding our recording tonight. Uh, so t that's the reason why this episode is a day or two later than its usual release. Um, all right, so that's pretty much that. Um, I do know uh, we do have at least one email tonight uh, from one of our listeners. Uh, I believe that you, you have that one, Sean? I do indeed. Uh, so this is uh, from our friend Debbie. I will just make one adjustment just because she had mentioned a hello to Kevin last week when Kevin was off on vacation time. So she didn't have him on the list this time. So I'll just add him back on. So Hello, Philip, Barrett, Kevin, and Sean. I enjoyed this week's podcast and your commentary on things. You gave me a lot to think about Matthew's character. He is reprehensible. On other notes, the demon Hamish is present in the episodes. You can see him in the background at the baptism and in other scenes. He just hasn't had any lines. So he was the Scottish guy. I was wondering who the heck that was. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. Uh, yes, I thought he looked familiar, yeah. Well, well, it's kind of it's kind of weird, is because this past this episode, he's like in the first scene, and they actually bring his name up. They go, Hamish, where you know, where did what did Matthew go or whatever? And he actually speaks, and it's like, oh my god, there he is. We were just talking about. Him. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of fun. <laughs> so then Debbie continues in the book. Benjamin sends videos to Matthew of him raping witches to taunt him. So I'm glad we didn't see that aspect. Uh, I don't know what will happen to Gallo Glass in the TV series, but he doesn't die in the books. Uh, Baldwin prefers to just run the family business in the books. He eventually gets off of the council. So kind of your idea, Phil. Yep. Uh, episode six looks very interesting. Until next week, best wishes from Debbie. Thanks, Debbie. All right. Sounds good. So um, we're discussing uh, what episode are we discussing? What episode was? did we just watch? Number the six. Number? The yeah, it was six. One. yeah, that's right. So uh, we're going to be talking about the penultimate episode uh basically the last episode of um or the the last regular season episode before the finale of the series uh so next week we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the finale and then what we're hoping to do after that is have at least one interview the following weekend after that and then we plan to do uh, a final wrap-up of the entire series um, as well. So our schedule, um, unless we have more interviews even after that, assuming um, we can find people or if we want to do that, uh, we plan to have an episode on the 21st of February, the 20, which would be the, the finale, the 28th, which we're thinking will be an interview, and then the 7th of March, which would be our uh, wrap-up of the entire series and thoughts. Um, so that, that's what we're, we're thinking anyway. Uh, if, there's no, if the interview falls through, obviously the uh, series uh, wrap-up would move up one week to the 28th of February. Um, all right. So um, 
we can uh, discuss uh, uh, any more about uh, uh, our listeners' email, or we could go into the episode itself. Uh, we're going to talk spoilers immediately because, again, if you're listening to this, you know you, you pretty much have probably seen the show, or again, are just fans of us and aren't planning to watch the show and just want to hear our uh, chit chat. Um, all right, so Barry, you were about to say something. Here. I was just laughing because the whole episode, if we talk about anything, it's pretty much a spoiler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. That's true. There's, before there's not... I, before we start, I'd like to say a throat to Domenico for getting the rising star from me for this week's episode for what he did. Absolutely. Oh yeah, it. that was outstanding. He was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've always stated. Uh, and not so many words that he may be my favorite character after uh, Diana. Um, I, I, I think he's uh, very charismatic as a, as a character, and uh, he's been waiting um, for his moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, there's a few things we, we can talk about tonight uh, with this episode. Obviously, uh, there's a, a, a very timely death of a character. Um, we could actually even say that it may be, um, anticlimactic or it could be climatic depending on your perspective. Um, there's some ima- machinations that are going on that are interesting. Uh, Sean just mentioned one with uh, Domenico and we'll talk about that. Um, and then there's, uh, some other things too, uh, which include things that, as stated from some of our emails and listeners in the past, are not part of the book at all. Uh, because as, as we know in uh, a prior email from one of our listeners, uh, it could have been Debbie, uh, but it could have been Isla too. Um, Benjamin and Satu don't meet or even can, or, uh, participate in any scenes in the book. And yet they have a big, uh, seeing here. Uh, so, uh, where do we want to start? Anyone? I would just, oh, I wanted to throw out one more thing too, is how the hell has Matthew lasted all these centuries when all he does is make stupid decisions? Um, <laughs> that, well, this uh, yeah, stupid no, deci- decision was planned amongst the group. So but, who like, the heck said, Hey, this is a good idea that, that like, don't understand that just, <laughs> well, like, which is like, yeah. I guess but, he went off on on his own. Yeah. yeah that, well, oh, okay. Well, gotcha. that, that's the reason why I don't I don't think it was planned, right? I, I think. I mean, everything it, else was planned, but nobody's searching for him. Yeah, because because when Diana was going to leave, I, at first it looked like she was going to go alone too, and then people said, "No, no, we're we're going with you," and they, and, and you know she isn't as rash as Matthew, so she had no problems as people like her aunt. And Fernando and, and various others jumped in, and Gal, uh, no, Gal Gas wasn't involved. But uh, they, is, you know, yeah, go on. I was going to say, this is my feeling. The knights should have gone to Im- fight him. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me why they didn't all go, except for a couple that were going to go with her. And really, the two that went with her, one was the demon and one was Gallo Glass, who wasn't even with everyone. So all the knights should have right. gone and burned Benjamin to the ground. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously certain certain knights. I mean, you know, you have 
let me just use an example of an organization. So you, so you have the FBI. Uh, some FBI people are just desk people. So even though they're yeah. part of the, 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 the FBI, they're, they're not going to be out there on the field. So there's a few humans that are, quote, unquote, knights. So I wouldn't expect, you know, uh, Marcus's girlfriend or uh, the doctor, the doctor. To, to go. Yeah. Well, they could or, take guns. Some of the... I mean, guns do yeah. exist in this world, and even if just Marcus and Marion had gone with him, he might have made it through that. That's what I was going to say. The Marcus and Miriam should have went with him. Yeah, because they're vampires and they have super speed and superpowers, just like Matthew and Benjamin do. I'd have brought the doctor and the girlfriend with guns and said, "Here, anything that moves that's not us, shoot it." <laughs> Unfortunately, though, the guy moves pretty quickly. But Satu doesn't, and she's not going to stop all the bullets and that's take true. down Matthew at the well, same they time. Weren't, yeah, that's true. I mean, <laughs> also, I mean, granted, they weren't expecting. Uh, they weren't expecting Satu, but I mean, maybe Matthew just did it because he thought, "Oh, I've, I've, I've gone, I've, you know, taken out Jimin, you know, and I've beat him so many times in the past and all that." It's but even. But well, it's arrogance or stupidity or both because it's you know oh, if you're, if it's you're, a trap. It was a trap. Yeah. And he was told it was a trap. This is a trap. You know it's yeah. a trap. He's luring you there. Come on. <laughs> oh. And now they have to save him. Right. That's what I hate. So now we're gonna probably lose people because he's stupid. So he gets to kill more. More blood is on his hands. Right. Like this is. <laughs> Right. So yeah. So Matthew, I, again, I don't understand how something either there's a switch or something because he can't have been like this all these centuries because he, I, again, I don't know how he would have survived. I mean, unless somehow right. Philippe was like the reason, but I don't know. But you know, maybe there's something in the book to explain it. But it just seems like if you acted like this all the time. I don't know how you would make it centuries upon centuries because you're literally putting yourself at every well, moment. He was protected by stupid. Philippe, but you would think that, I don't know. It seems strange that Benjamin took out Philippe before Matthew, considering Matthew's ill-advised decisions. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. I mean, I mean, I mean, Benjamin wasn't on his own when he took out Philippe. I mean, Benjamin, no, I know it was part of the war and everything. Working the, but, he was working with the Nazis. Right. And then but he had to have planned part of that to make sure it happened, right. to get Philippe into his grubby little hands. But then we also found out about Javert's involvement, too. So yes, other agents involved in this process. But the point is, is that Matthew just seemingly makes very rash, stupid decisions all the time. And, like, I, again, I don't know how you would survive that continually like sooner or later your luck's gonna run out right it's even more ironic than that because if you go back to the very first season when marcus tries to turn that guy he kind of gets shit from matthew about doing that it's like it was a rash decision what are you saying (laughs) you do these all the time (laughs) do as i do do as i say not as i do right right (laughs) right all right so what 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 this episode being the penultimate uh is setting up for the finale 
which is a little probably a little different than the books because uh, again our email listeners mentioned that both Javier and Sat two were kind of anticlimactic in the book, but here in 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 the show it appears that what I'm guessing is they're setting up Baldwin to take out Javier and um the new Sion to take out Setu and Benjamin together, uh, where Diana is probably going to be the one to take out Setu and Benjamin um, will be killed by who knows, uh, probably one of the vampires. That's just my guess. Yeah, um, I think that's exactly where it's going. Yeah, exactly. And, and what that means after, I don't know, uh, I'm assuming Baldwin will just cancel the the um, Baldwin, Domenico, and anybody else that's still standing that's on the council will just cancel the the um, council, and then um, I guess they'll have their little seons. But really, what the seons are will just be families again, but just no uh, quote unquote UN. I think they'll keep the council. I think they'll just make changes. I think they'll use the council to destroy Jaber. Yeah. And he's going to be surprised by however Domenico votes and it's not going to go his way. I think that's how they're going to take out Jaber. And then they may make changes on the council and how the council works based on, you know, some of the requests from the new scion. Well, I mean, I'm kind of one, I mean, Jaber's not going to go go out without fighting. So, I mean, the question is, is will Jaber live? I mean, and also he... remember uh, too, that Satu t- technically is on the council. Right. But she's not there. So who knows what'll happen, you know, cause not everybody shows up for every meeting. I'm sure they still have votes. Well, I mean, Mike, so, uh, Mike Kevin, what I mean, are you going to say? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that right now there's not going to be a council meeting for a while because, you know, you got a, couple witches and a couple vampires out now to rescue Matthew, you know, and even though they know that it's just for now, all they, they see is Benjamin, but they, they got to realize that there's got to be more to it. And so this is probably where we're going to get the big, uh, you know, Diana versus Satu fight, you know, the boss fight, if you will. But then, um, you know, the question that arises is with, with Jaber, I mean, will there be will there will there be a fight there or are they just going to say, look, we're, we're voting Jaber out and Jaber is going to like try to fight back or something? Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, Satu is the only council member that's not there that they can get in there. But then the witches are down like two because Knox <laughs> Knox is gone and he was gotten not rid of anyway. I don't know. Who, what other witches are on that council? We really haven't been shown who they are, if there are. Only, I mean, there's three per. Right. So Satu's gone, and so and so there's really just one witch on the council. Yeah, the, who we don't know who they are. Available, you know, and then you'll have at least two, and you have the three vampires, and then the three de- demons. De- demons, and... um. You know, and it sounds like they're wanting to take out the the, the one woman, the yes, you know, so, um, Agatha. Yes, Agatha. Thank you. Um, take you know, take her off the council just because of her personal, you know, her involvement. 
but it makes you wonder if the other demons will say if if they see the infighting they realize you know maybe we ought to really stick to her i don't know i mean it uh, next week should be really interesting yeah and for this, I mean, usually, you know, you get your penultimate episode and a lot happens and then some stuff happens in the final episode. But it looks like a lot's going to happen in this final yeah, this episode. Gonna, like, if, is this going to be a longer episode or what? Because there's a lot of things are going to have to tie up, right? Yes. Well, that's a good question. I, I don't know if it's just going to be another, you know, 55 to 65 minute episode or not. Um how long was this episode? Because it felt short 43. to me. But... Yeah, it wasn't that long. Yeah. 43, but I mean, it was 43 minutes, but it was pretty packed. It was yeah. packed with stuff, but it felt short to me. Like, I I wanted more when I got to the end. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah, so... Um, we did say that this one was packed, even if it felt short. And and some and for some of us, Um, but if it was quote unquote packed or had various uh, plot points, uh, what ones do we want to talk about? Because um, it's it's really a bridge, right? This is really a bridge episode from last week to the finale. Um, So I I don't know how we want to talk about it. Well, let's go with Diana going to Oxford and fixing the book. And then the stuff okay. with Knox that happens after. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, let's talk about uh, Diana and the book. Um, who, all right, so again, uh, they actually seem to ahead, make Sean. a plan. Yep. They actually yeah. get people together <laughs> and they yep. actually are like prepared for things. Right. Which. <laughs> so that's a big difference. <laughs> the other plan from someone's Matthew, really so. prepared too, by the way. <laughs> um but yeah so i mean the situation when they go to the library to get the book and and then there's a sequence of uh diana getting the like putting the pages in the book and having the book seal them which was kind of cool to see that and then the situation where the book then goes into diana so the book itself is empty and all the information now is in diana and she was talking about how it was telling the story of us. So I'm assuming that's the story of her and Matthew, or if it was telling the story of us as in the whole, all the creatures and stuff. That's what I'm thinking it is. I think so. so. I mean, they, they hinted that and it's, it's like they had their own, if I, if I can use the, if I can use the names, they had their own Adam and Eve, you know, you yeah. had like the one couple or the one person where that all kind of, you know, kind of, uh, split off you know and became the the three so the three species if you will or three subspecies if you will so that should be interesting to that should be interesting to listen to and then that's where debbie's email ta- telling us about brightborn came up because diana talks about the first tribe or whatever that was i'm assuming vampires and witches and they were called the brightborn so you get that um, discussed, and so that something happened. Obviously, like who knows? But we assume that they maybe were too powerful. So then that's where you get the splitting of the groups because they don't want anyone to be too like so powerful. But then again, that 
then ends up being the problem that leads to all of their demise almost or the decline of all the creatures because they did the separation stuff so uh what's your thoughts barrett what do you mean like what do i think of the whole situation yeah yeah, I'm curious. It's it's interesting. I mean, I just don't know. I, I don't know how it's going to apply, before, you know, by the end of the season. We have one episode left. I don't know that the knowledge of the book is really going to be part of the end. I don't know. It seems bigger than the show. Right. Well, I think what it, I mean, again, yeah, I mean, it's a wild card, so obviously it's going to be used to help take out the two, probably. Yeah. And maybe it's going to be the savior, and Diana is kind of the savior of, of the creatures, because maybe with the book now intact and part of her being, she'll be able to be the one to cure um the blood, the the rage. You know what I want to say? I think she's already part of the cure by having two children by a vampire. I think the importance is the race is intermingling again. Yeah. I mean, that's just my feeling. I don't know. I could be wrong. Yeah. But it's, it's the race is getting back together again yeah. in a little better harmony rather than, you know, you have your group, you have your group, and we don't intermingle unless we have our council meetings. It's kind of like yeah, the princes and queens and kings of England and stuff, how they would have problems because they would intermarry so much. You right. know, they just kept to themselves, so they started having problems. Right. Because, I mean, I'm wondering if the book will be used to bring out, like, a new, you know, a new order, if you will. I mean, keep the council, but kind of a like, maybe a reminder of why they did this or a new a new vision if you will of the council and a new vision of the the harmony between the three races especially if they find out that maybe they're all kind of descended from like the same person or persons you know um but then uh you know because like that's kind of and i don't know if that that book is going to be what Diana will use to defeat Satu, or it's just Diana is a whole lot more powerful than Satu realized. And because I mean, Satu is a weaver, but it, I mean, most weavers can only weave like you know one string, where Diana like weaves all of them. So I mean, she's that was before the book, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was what yeah, the book that's when they went back in time. That's when they find out found out. Okay, wow, this woman is a lot stronger than we thought she was. And Satu may have, you know, Satu may think, oh, I'm so powerful because I'm a weaver. And then Diana comes in and guess what? Oh, you're only one week. You only have one weave. How cute. You know, and, you know, kind of surprise Satu. Um, you know, you're talking about arrogance. Satu is definitely arrogant. She's arrogant and she's vindictive. Yeah. Yes. You know. Well, she really has no reason to be vindictive with Diana, but she is just because she hasn't gotten one over on her. I mean, she's done all the stuff to Diana. Diana has done nothing without being provoked. Right. Right. Well, I mean, even. Yeah. And the thing is, is that. 
I mean, there's that prophecy that talks and that that said like something about destruction or something. And so two is like, yeah, that's me. Everybody thinks it's Diana, but it's it's like she she wants it to be her. And she and, wants to destroy the, the children of the night because that's what the prophecy is about, right? Yeah, so, yeah, like, destroy the vampires. So, I mean, but technically, they're not even children of the night because they can walk around during the day. <laughs> so, I, yeah. don't, I don't know. But I'm, it feels like, if nothing else, that. Uh, oh. Sorry, I was just going to say, I was going to uh, quickly that it feels like Satu is just like a bully. Like, there's no reason for what she's doing other than the fact that she she's a bully and she thinks she can. Because what you're saying about the stuff with Diana, right? Like, if there's no other reason to do that stuff or have that grudge against Diana other than the fact that she's just a bully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had problems. Uh, oh, go on, Kevin. I'm mean, just saying, I mean, she did that stuff with, I mean, to Diana at first because of um, uh, Knox. Knox, yeah. You know, and then... You know, and it's just, it's almost like it's Knox that put the hatred into her. And even though she took out Knox, it's, it's like, she just still hates anybody really. And it's, I don't know. It's just kind of weird that she has just this, I, I don't know if she has the thing, like I have to prove myself or she had something happen to her when she was younger. And it's like, now she hates the world or something. I really don't know. I've I've had problems with the the Satu plotline in the show because again you know in, in season one she abused and tortured Diana and Diana knows this I mean she was there and yet she's on the council it doesn't make any sense it's, it's well, just nobody weird nobody knows nobody but, knows that she or, uh, but, but Diana knows but Diana yeah. knows. So yeah, obviously we get back to the council that you're the it? psychopath. It should. Well, it I mean, should. It should. But will it? If, 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 well, if it was real life, Matthew would have told Baldwin. Baldwin would have told the council, and she would have been removed. Um, I mean, I mean, in real, that's real life. I mean, I mean, well, right, I well, mean why wouldn't it have been, been brought up to the council? Well, first of all, Diane has been seen as a, seen as a bit of a rebellion. I mean, she's the one who talks about revolution. Now, granted, the council never heard this, but the fact that she's having a relationship with with Matthew already has like almost everybody on the council except the one demon uh, not happy with her. You have right. Javert that that hates the the Claremonts. So, I mean, torturing Diana, he'd be like, yeah, so what? It not, it not only is it a, the, the Claire, it's a, a woman that the Claremont likes, but it's also a witch. So why should I care? And then witches not care too much because it's a, a woman who's rebellious. And if they find out that she's a weaver, you know, witches did not like weavers because they were afraid of them. So yeah, I mean, but- Diana comes up and says, Satu tortured me. They're going to be like one. <laughs> It's almost like the saying, well, photos are never happened. Um, it's like, where's your evidence? And two, I mean, Satu seems to have placed herself on the council to the point where no one's really willing or ready to question her or whatever. I mean, considering the fact that they also watched her vote out Knox, they can they kind of see someone who might actually be 
you know, even though they know that Knox helped her get on the council, but she has been honest enough to take, well, she'll see her, they'll see her as honest to vote for, uh, against Knox, even though, you know, because of killing another witch. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think they would take Diana as seriously if she said, oh, yeah, Satu tortured me. I mean, a couple people will leave her, but not enough to, to vote Zat, Satu off. And Jaber was involved in the torture stuff, too, right? So it's yep. not like he's going to be outing himself anytime soon. Well, and he so. would protect Satu because of that reason, right? Exactly. And so. he would hope he'd have Domenico because he so far has. Yes. But then we can jump to the next part, which was the Knox encounter. All right, let's do it. Go ahead, Sean. Oh, yeah. Which was, so it's basically the Diana and the crew are trying to, to escape. And uh, Knox has an informant or spy or whatever that witnesses their stuff going on in Oxford. And so then uh, he warns Knox, who then appears at the airport to stop them. And is threatening them and bragging about murdering people. And except it's not murder because it's pest control. And yeah. <laughs> just like, and it's so basically the situation, it's a situation where he's like mocking uh, Sarah for being a kitchen witch that she has no power. And then that's when she unleashes a really cool spell <laughs> and basically disintegrates him. Well, I mean, I watched not. I mean, if you look at Knox and how he was presented, I mean, Knox, he hit his, I mean, when we see Knox for most of, you know, first two seasons, he's always well-dressed, you know, and all that. And now, <laughs> his, his, I mean, his, his bow tie is tied around his neck. His jacket and clothes are all are a bit wrinkled. He's got his shirt half untucked. And he's sounding like a madman. I mean, he sounded like he's out of control. He's not, I mean, yeah, out of control, like almost hysterical. It's like he was and on a bender he, or something. He looked like he was on a bender, but he looked like that or like, That's you know, what, you get or he, it's like you see some of the movies where someone's down on their luck for a while, like they're dry, they're, they're their clothes are all a shambles and all that. And that's exactly what he looked like. And so that's what happens to somebody who is a control freak and they lose all control. Yeah. Yeah. But the funny part is, is that he's talking about this, you know, and then, um, I, I hang on a second. What's the, the character's name? Uh, da, 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 the, 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 the aunt. Oh, uh, Sarah, 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 Sarah does the, the, does the spell an actual spell. And what does, um, what does Knox do? He tries to reach down and pull out that that stone. It's like that's all he has is that stone. He could he cannot do anything else without that stone because if he was a halfway powerful witch, he could have done something. Uh, he could have done a spell to to you know at least defend himself. But what does he do? As as he's as the whole thing uh, is spinning around him, he's reaching for that stone. I mean, that's all he has. That is all he has. I mean, it's like a talisman, but even so, it's it's like Sarah didn't have a stone. You know, Emily didn't have a stone, and they were. I, I mean, kitchen witches or not, they they were more powerful than Knox was. 
That's that's my two cents. Well, and she had prepared that spell and was ready for him. They knew that they were going to get encounter him, that they were going to encounter him. That's my feeling. It, it, it is interesting, though, that that uh, his power has waned to the point where it was, quote unquote, that easy to take him out, even, even though they may have prepared it. Uh, so I, I felt that was a little strange and therefore made it somewhat anticlimactic. It did. Um, yes, I agree. It was anticlimactic. The but only because cool, <laughs> only because she had prepared so well, I think, is why. Yeah, I think, and focused. I think Diana. Yeah, I think Diana helped her as well, so that made it even more powerful. Yeah, and Luke, you and me were talking Phil offline about like the the death of Knox and like is that how they should have taken Knox out or and I don't know, and, like, and Diana participating in it too. <laughs> yeah, and so like I was saying, there was like if you had your family members, several family members murdered by this guy, you're probably not going to look to be trying to bring justice bring him to like quote unquote justice you're going to look to try and take him out if you can because he's so dangerous to be left out unless you're going to spellbind him or or something else like he's just going to keep coming well and it sounds like spellbinding is a no-no as far as yes. witches so killing him i guess is is more okay than spellbinding it, yeah it's well, not to justify I mean, it but i mean even if you did bring him to justice i mean what what's what would happen to him I mean, he, I really don't know. And the thing, and the thing is, is that you can't say that this wasn't self-defense. You, I mean, yes, they were prepared for a fight, but he was about ready to attack. And so that's when Sarah did her spell. And because, I mean, I mean, he was about ready to attack. So I guess you can argue it was self-defense and, you know, it took, you know, and it took, it made, it, it made Knox into dust and all that was left was his talisman. Right. No, that's true. I mean, I mean, uh, it, I, I was hoping that there would have been like more of a, a fight, you know, maybe they were going to have yeah. like spell fights and stuff. And, but unfortunately he just was that shallow shell of himself and he just stood there as as it was killing him and, and then he well i mean like I said, he was reaching for that stone that stone was all he really had this his that you know that stone was his, his only weapon and you the know, thing was that he wasn't expecting else. it either like he didn't he literally did gave her no credits for anything or for her, any of right. her powers or, or which skills, right? Like just the, like mocking her and just the look on his face. It wasn't until it, like it finally set in that like, oh man, I'm really effed here <laughs> that that's that he got scared. And then like you were saying, Kevin, he's like trying to reach for his, his talisman and then he just got disintegrated. <laughs> right. And I did, I did like the, the, the the extra scene or the scene after where Sarah's talking about like she'd wanted to get rid of Knox, but it, like it didn't, you know, make it any things any better. Like the grief and stuff, the loss are still there, and like even with him gone, it that hasn't really lessened. 
I, so, I kind of see that a little bit as a, a um, like a humanitarian in her because, I mean, I'm sure that's the first person she's ever killed. You know, I yeah, don't think exactly. she said, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, no, I remember the last time I killed again. No, I mean, this is the first person that she killed, so she's probably weighing down with, I actually killed somebody. Even though the guy, you know, killed a whole lot of other people, including Sarah's parents, you know, Sarah's, uh, Sarah's parents, sorry, Diana's parents. You know, the fact that, you know, you, you killed somebody, I mean, self-defense or not, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there, I mean, a lot of people who, who are very generally peaceful people, if they had to kill somebody out of self-defense or whatever, they're going to be shattered, even though it's, it was very justifiable that, you know, yeah, I, I, I had to, because they were going to kill me, but you still have to go away with, I actually killed somebody. And I think that's what Sarah was going through, you know, when she said, you know, I thought I'd be happy when Knox was gone, but I'm not, it's because, you know, she realizes that she killed somebody and maybe she thought, well, and it doesn't bring I mean, back, it doesn't, it doesn't bring back um, the other aunt, right? Emily. Yeah. It doesn't right. bring back Emily. It doesn't bring back Sarah's parent or like you guys saying Sarah. Oh, Diana's parent. Diana. It doesn't bring Diana's back parents. Diana's parents. It doesn't bring back who they, uh, the one demon that they think Knox killed. Um, even though we're not sure he actually yeah, did. Vengeance but we, doesn't fix the problem. It might keep him from doing anything in the future, though. But yeah, yeah it's that it doesn't that's fix why anything. Just, that's why justice is better than vengeance. Yep. The the thing that I like too is that she then has the line about I never want to have that kind of power again. Yep. That's why someone like her should be on a council. <laughs> right. Because she's not yeah. trying to live it for her own gain or whatever. I foresee right? that. Her being so, on the council. Well, so, I mean. Think about what, uh, come on, Kevin, why, why can't I remember the guy's names? Uh, Domenico. Remember Domenico when, I, I, I'm kind of jumping a little bit, and I'm sorry, but I mean, it reminds me a little bit of what Domenico, when he was talking with Baldwin, he's saying, you know, we got to take, you know, we got to unite against your bear because what he wants is wrong. And Baldwin says, what do you want out of this? He says, absolutely nothing. Yeah, that was. And awesome. he's he actually is shocked that he actually said that. To I mean, Domenico is is shocked at himself, saying, "I really don't want anything. I, the only thing he wants is, uh, you know, is your bear not to have the, not to be a dictator, and not to well, have that power." And I just love his line too, because it's like, "To my horror, for absolutely nothing." When Bowen asks, right. "What do you want?" And then just, and then I think the other one he has is, oh, I know, I barely recognize myself because he's so used to being the player. And so this is why I really liked this sequence with Domenico was it like, it was just such an awesome sequence for him. And just to see Baldwin realizing how he was being played by Jaber. And it so, made it more obvious that Domenico didn't want anything for it, that he definitely was being played. Yeah. Which made it stronger. So, I mean, this episode yeah. is so chock full of really good moments that it's, I think it's probably my favorite episode of the season so far. Yeah, I'd say yeah, so. I totally agree. You know, and I mean, Knox getting his own, Knox getting what's coming to him. Yeah, you know, that was great. But just, just the character development for the rest of them, 
you know, and I, I understand you're bashing Matthew for a lot of it, but the thing is, is that I've heard Matthew say, I'm sorry, or you were right, or, I mean, Matthew is, Matthew is changing in this episode, I think, you know, there was a character development with him because he, he would just outright apologize to people You're like, okay, you're right, I'm sorry, I, I spoke out of turn, or, or you know what, you were right, I'm sorry for, I think he's realizing that he can't do things the way he wanted to do it, and he, uh, the way he used to do it, and now he's kind of getting to the point now where he's, saying you know you're right things have got to change i'm sorry you know he, he i think he knows he was acting like a jerk and he's starting to apologize more for that and change and he's trying to change well i think we touched on that last week right where the idea with him like multiple times being a dick and then saying sorry but <laughs> if you're doing it multiple times is the problem so like how many sorries do you say before it just doesn't matter anymore kind of thing well i mean think about this though if you're if you're if you live for good grief how many hundreds of years you know a couple months or a year is is gonna be i mean if you lived a certain way for so long i mean not just for a few years but like hundreds of centuries you know and then now you're you're changing it's he's gonna it Sometimes changing when you're used to something for a long, long time, you know, it's going to be a slow process. He is a work in progress. Okay. He is a work in progress. And now with Diana, he realizes that his life has changed. His life has changed. His life is continually changing. And he realizes that he can't do things the way he used to do it. So now he is trying to. I mean, he's he's still like the old Matthew is coming back, and that's when he realizes, oh, I'm sorry, I gotta. It it, it it's gonna take time. I mean, it's gonna take time with Matthew, and I and thankfully, I think everybody either understands it or no one's really paying too much attention to it. But you know, he's work in progress because if you think about this, think about it at the beginning of the whole show, would he have apologized at all? Probably not. And now he's realizing, oh, things are changing. I have to, you know, I'm sorry. Because he's used to being the one in charge, too. Okay. And now it's obvious that Diane is in charge. Um, his, oh, come on. Um, Marcus, Marcus is now gaining, you know, some more authority and all that. And so he's, you know, he's... He's realizing that he's not numero uno anymore, and he's—I mean, he understands it, but he's still some—it's still kind of like old hat or old habit for him to act that way. Realize, okay, I can't. I, I'm not supposed to. So, like I said, I think he's—he's—he's he's, he's a work in progress. Well, I give you kudos, Kevin, because you have much more patience and forgiveness for him than I do. <laughs> but I mean, that—that's—that's that's great, and I understand where you're coming from, and I understand what you're saying. And the fact that, yes, if he genuinely wants to change, it's not going to be snap the fingers and it's going to take time and it's going to take a lot of work, genuine desire and, and work to make that those changes happen. It's just, I guess you're just seeing so much of the dickishness that it's, it's there's part of me at least that doesn't really trust him. If that makes sense. No, it, it makes total sense. I, I think 
I mean, for example, with someone like Marcus, Marcus probably will have the patience with him because Marcus has known him for hundreds of years. And oh, Diana has not, but I think Diana, hopefully Diana's seen the change, but also got to remember from Diana's perspective, this is the father of her kids and she does love him. She's gone through a, a lot of massive, like life-changing experiences with him. I mean, not just getting married, but I mean, literally death-defying experiences going back in time, you know, meet, you know, all sorts of different things. And you know, she's, I mean, she obviously loves him. So she's got, she's got the patience with him and she's the one who is actually confronting him and saying, Hey, shape up. And so, it, and I think she probably realizes that, yeah, this is, this is going to take time, but. <laughs> Can she even you know, live long enough for enough time? Yeah, that... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the... He already went out on his own. I mean, even with all that, so I don't know. Well, this she, would be didn't she, didn't she agree? Didn't she agree to it? I don't think so. I think it was half-hearted. I think he he's, he wasn't gonna he wasn't waiting for permission. He's gonna go no matter what. And I think she just like okay, I understand that this is the case, but this is where it would be good to have the books because then you could see in the books maybe they explain it better, and you could actually get his internal monologue for himself, where it would maybe reflect more that he's really wanting to make the change, and that he realizes the errors of some of his personality quirks or whatever. So that would be something that maybe the book would be able to flesh out better, or the books. Yeah, I haven't started those yet. Yeah, maybe some of our listeners will uh, give us that information. I don't know. Um, well, let me ask you this, um, because I wanted to bring this up when we were talking about Satu and her on the council and stuff. Um, it seems like Diana doesn't even care about Satu. She doesn't mention her. She doesn't talk about her. There hasn't been one scene since the violence that occurred to her by Satu where she says we have to do something about Satu. Well, does she know it is Satu? I think so. I mean, she well, was there. Well, no, I mean, for example, like with Matthew, we never, like when we see the video of Matthew at the end, when he's, you know, tied up on that, that, uh, you know, that bed thing, you know, in the hospital, you don't see Satu. When Satu does a whole bunch of things behind the scene, you don't see Satu. So Diana may not know that Satu is working in the background because Diana is also not really presenting herself to, you know, the council or. Uh, yeah. Or also she, like, yeah, that's fair. Kevin. Maybe she doesn't even know who Satu is, right? She saw oh, Satu. No, she she knows who she, they were face to face because Satu did the. Like, no, 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 that's not, that's, that's not, no, 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 that's not what I mean. Okay. I mean, she sees Satu, she's seen her face. She knows the, what the face looks like that attacked her. But maybe she she doesn't know the name. Maybe she doesn't know she's part of the council. Maybe she doesn't know she is important. You know, she, maybe she just thinks it was this random freak. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You know, like like yep. when you when you're walking down the street, you get mugged. You see the face, but you don't know the person. You know, because it's not like she's ever been to the council. She's not like she's been presented pictures of all the people who are on the council. 
though that does sound a little strange that she may not know who the members are. Not really. I mean, they don't really publicize, do they? I mean, it's just like people get put on there by like, it seems like nepotism or something, you know. Well, I don't know. You would think that it might have come up in discussion with Matthew. You would hope sometime, right? But again, well, I, like, I guess I get what you're saying, though, Phil. In this, the you know that maybe she doesn't know all the different ties that two has to the situation. So, but you would think that the trauma of being tortured and stuff would be enough that you would be wondering if that person's going to come back. Mm. or be a problem down the road. Well, I think she would be wanting her to come back so she could kick her ass. <laughs> Knowing Diana. Well, I mean, for I mean, I'm sure they know that Satu voted to to get Knox out of the council. Okay, that, you know, that we know. I mean, well that I mean that we can figure. You know, that we can probably figure that okay, Satu voted, but you don't really see the reaction of the people when they find out that, okay, it was Satu that, that voted him out. You know, they cast the, the deciding vote, if you will. So, I mean, the funny part is, like, we never actually see the react. Did we ever see the reaction when, uh, of, the, of this scion, if you will, of the, of the rebels, if you will, the, uh, their reaction when they find out that Knox voted out? I mean, did they really react or are they just, oh, yeah, that's nice, you know, or I mean, they didn't even did, did they ever mention any of that in the show? I, I mean, I don't remember uh, a reaction. I don't remember them announcing it. I don't think I think it was just talking about him being dangerous, but I don't think it was anything where the group uh, was actually filled in and said that Knox is officially off the council and this is what we're dealing with. I think it's just this. It's one of those things I think were in the show. They just skip over that stuff, and you're just supposed to assume that the characters have somehow done this off screen or whatever. Yeah, because I mean, for example, I mean, if they they would have had this, I'm sure they would have had the scene of Satu voted to get Knox off, and if Diana didn't know who Satu was, they say, well, she'd be maybe she would say, oh, who's Satu, and then maybe you know Matthew would be there and said, well, Satu was the one who who attacked you you know, under Knox's bidding. Oh, and so then Diana would know, oh, that's who Satu is. I mean, that's all I can think of. Yeah. Right, right. It feels like it's like maybe just, it's one of those like loose strands that maybe again, you you only have so much time for your seven episodes or whatever. So Oh this yeah, is stuff that's just not going to get addressed, and you just assume that the viewers will come up with their own explanations or whatever outside of this. And whereas in the book, maybe it is brought up or it's dealt with, and then so it all comes or it's, comes together clearer. So, but it is it's just weird that like you would be tortured and it's like never comes up again. Exactly. That that's 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 what I'm I'm confused about. And I and I do have another question. Um, okay, uh, I'm trying to see where after your name here. Um, uh, the um, Marcus's girlfriend. Uh, I can't remember her name right now. I know who you're talking about, though. 
Yeah, that, I mean, that's I'm, I'm looking at IMDb right now trying to find it because I know uh, Juliet. I think it's Juliet. Juliet. Um, she wants to be sired. You know, and Marcus won't. Now, I have a... Is it because... Is it because that if... Because, I mean, the last time Marcus tried, we see Marcus trying to sire somebody, they died. Blood rage. Blood rage. Yeah. He's worried about oh, blood yeah. rage. He's worried about blood rage. And that's it's right. Phoebe. Okay, that's, that makes name. more sense. Huh? Phoebe is her What's name. that again? Phoebe is the oh, girlfriend's Phoebe. name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Marcus's girlfriend is Phoebe. Okay. Well, I was looking at the wrong person. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, you know, fee, uh, because Marcus never mentions blood rage. He just says, you know, you got to understand what, you know, what, what, what this is going to happen to you and all that. And cause first he's saying, okay, well, I'm going to probably, I'm going to go away and I'm going to go hide, you know? And she says, well, I'll wait for you. So, you know, I might be, I might be hiding for a hundred years for hundreds of years until all this cools over, you know? And she's like, well, take me with you or, and all that sort of thing. And she wants to be sired. And, but the thing is never mentions the blood rage. He's pretty much saying that, you know, this may not, you know, if you, this is, this is one of those decisions that it's permanent, you know, yeah, well, he should expect that she's not going to go for that. <laughs> He's dumb if he thinks that she's going to be like, okay, I'll wait for you. Well, that's why he was trying to break up with her, even. I mean, yeah. it almost sounded like he was trying to break up with her until, and that's why he said, you know, are you sure you really want to go through this? And so he never mentions the blood rage. I think he's just. I don't like, this is one of the things I have a problem with in these shows. When somebody's willing to turn into one, they're never willing to turn them. It's like, come on, you turn, you know, so many people get turned against their will. You're not going to do the one person that wants it. Right. It's almost me. Almost like she's got to be near death before Marcus. Oh, okay. I'll turn you. Right. And that's just dumb to me. I mean, I want to, he loves her. He wouldn't want to be without her. And so just do it instead of pretending that we're going to have this false drama of him saying no and all that. I don't know. Not enough episodes for that kind of drama, in my opinion. Well, I mean, I wouldn't mind a little bit of a little bit more of a conversation about it rather than. Yeah, a conversation is great, but it, this is so cliche for the vampire not wanting to turn the human because, you know, they they want them to experience a life. Whatever. <laughs> well, just again, it's one of those things where it's like you only have so much time to put or tell your story. So it seems odd that you're going to take some time for this right that too like when you've got so many other you know things you have to tie up so it just yeah i don't know it was it was if there was going to be anything that felt out of place that was the thing that kind of felt out of place in the episode from everything else that was like really um awesome and like kept me kept things moving it that was the only thing that was like eh, that could have been maybe not uh, had time taken up for that. Well, and they're not, 
it's not like they're cursed like normal vampires are. Yes, yeah. they need blood, but they're not like demon cursed. According to the rules of this world. Right. 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 So, I mean, well, I mean, she was she was the one that kept on bringing it up because, I mean, she well, yeah. says she doesn't want to get you know, older. Are you gonna, yeah. Well, yeah. It's like, hey, let's go while I'm young. You know, look good. I, I want to stay this way. <laughs> <laughs> and don't you want me to stay this way? Yeah. Don't wait till I'm 70. Please don't wait till I'm 70. That's not fair. <laughs> Why did I meet you 10 years ago before I had a wrinkle? <laughs> what did you think about it, Phil? I don't know. Got nothing to say. All right. So. Well, let's get to Jabari's stuff then. Yeah. Yeah. Was Jabari yeah, bragging right. about his plans? Well, yeah, and, mean, we'll talk, and we'll talk about D- Domenico too, right afterwards. Yeah, that's a follow up. Yeah, yep. so go on, well, Kevin. I mean, when he was talking to Domenico, when Jabari was talking to Domenico about all this, you know, he's saying, you know, I've been planning this for, you know, hundreds of couple hundred years. I mean, I mean, when you're obviously when you're a vampire, you know, you realize you've got a lot more time. But I mean, he obviously hates the the, the Claremonts, and that's all he he's been planning for a couple hundred years to to take out the Claremonts. And he does not you know, realize how weak it has actually made him invulnerable. Yeah, I mean, it's just I just find it funny that. But um, it was an interesting. No, go ahead, please. No, I was going to say it was just interesting to see like he, he's like doing the villain thing of telling his plan too early yeah, of and course. because he's so co- yeah. he's so confident, right, that he's got control of everything and that he's playing everybody that he gives up that information that then Domenico takes on to Baldwin, which then will assume will then change what Baldwin does as opposed to just su- just supporting Jabert just because. And like the the whole thing that you see, like Jaber just has that such disgust when he's talking about like how the they keep clinging to Philippe, but he's gone, and just and then, you know just that he's got a way too much hate and way too much anger in him. <laughs> well, what I want to know is why does he hate Philippe? Why does he hate the Declaremonts? I mean. It's yeah, we haven't like, really gotten any background on that, right? Right. No, I don't think so, and that's just it. It's kind of going with. Um, like we were talking about with Diane and Satu, it's like, mm-hmm. what has Diane ever done to make Satu so angry with her and hate her so much? It's just, it's the same thing. It's like, what does, what has, you know, Philippe ever done to make, uh, you know, make Jaber upset, you know, or hate him so much. And I think maybe it's just, maybe it's just that Philippe and the Declaremonts have always been in Jaber's way of getting power i mean maybe that maybe that's just it is that jabert is a power hungry maniac and philippe was always you know the declaremonts were always in his way which could be a possibility i mean that's the only one i can think of unless if there's like something that we don't know about if anybody has read the books could you <laughs> tell us us. we'd really appreciate it that would be very nice if you'd let us know well i know in the books um 
someone, uh, one of our listeners wrote that Jabir just fades away in the books. He uh, is tricked into getting um, addicted to social media by uh, Isabel. Isabel, exactly. And then he just becomes a non-factor after that. So they're obviously doing changing that up uh, a lot in the the series. And, and to be honest, that may make sense because again, I, I didn't read the book, so I don't know if it you know, how important of a villain Javier was in the books. But um, to have him just fade away in that way in in the series, that would have been very anticlimactic uh, on film on 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 picture you know versus a book well i mean if he voted out i'm sorry if he gets voted for example the same thing happens with him to him with knox and he gets voted off the council i mean maybe he would just get so defeated that he does fade away and just says okay fine if my plans failed you know why bother doing anything else and so he you know maybe he will just fade away i don't but know he, they built him up so much that that doesn't seem like he would just accept it like he would go i, I think he would just go renegade like knox did like knox did and yeah just become... I, mean, I think you're right i mean i i would say i would say the same thing because otherwise that it doesn't make like it there's almost it's where you're having these character changes or character flips that just don't make sense. And I don't, I don't, I hope that's not something that we're, you know, dealing with because you, you build a character this way and, and you presented them this way to then have them like do something diametrically opposite without explanation or showing how or why this would happen. Doesn't, I don't know. That doesn't feel satisfying, I guess. If that makes sense. I think it makes sense. No, I get what you mean. And I mean, the way they presented Shabir is he's someone who is very maniacal. He's willing to play the long game. So I don't imagine him just like, oh, I'm defeated. I'm done. Good night, everybody. Like, right. it just doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't feel like he would do that. So I, I don't know how in the books the Isabeau uh, tricking him into social media, unless again, there's like, he has different aspects in his character in the book than what they've presented in the series. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, go on, on, please. No, I I have no idea. What about you? I I mean, he's playing the long game, and I, I kind of feel like if his long game gets thwarted, we're going to see a real anger side of him come out. So far, really haven't seen him do much aside from moving pieces and having the pieces do his bidding. We haven't had it. We haven't seen him get involved directly. Just very cocky about everything. <laughs> yeah, and. I think his whole world is going to shatter when he finds out that Domenico's not behind him anymore. Right. So what will that lead to? I don't know. I mean, he spent hundreds of years planning this destruction. <laughs> so he's either going to be surprised or surprised and angry, or I don't know. <laughs> One of those things. I would, yeah. I would just assume there would be a lashing out of some kind. 
Yeah. But <laughs> and then who does he direct it at? But I mean, because... if you have a united front against him, then maybe that would kind of push him off into the just you know off into nothing. Who yeah, because it depends on whether or not he's still re- relying on Satu to be involved in part of the the, pro- the process as well. Because I expect Satu to be like willing to backstab everyone. Yes, that's I how mean, I think. Her working with Benjamin, I can't see that it, it would last very long. It will last as long as it serves a purpose, and then she will kill him. And that's just how I feel about anyone she deals with. Yeah. Is that as long as they are useful to her, whatever her purpose is in the moment, they will stay around. And then once they are no longer useful, they are dead. Jaber is the same way, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But so who's going to turn on actually, who first? <laughs> well, it might be interesting because, I mean, if if Diane and kind of the, the Knights of, of uh, Lazarus are, are going to go confront and and meet on, uh, you know, con- fight with benjamin and um and Satu, you know it may be that she's not there to in the council she might be dead so well we need to keep one other thing in mind too her treaty with benjamin is very soft and she already smelled what he was doing to witches so i expect her to destroy benjamin before too long yeah that's what i expected too yeah that's why as i say that she's I don't see her being someone who's going to like work happily with people and then have a happy ending for everyone involved. I don't like to happily work with people. <laughs> I want to destroy them all. <laughs> Except Phil. <laughs> I like Phil. There you go. <laughs> well, then it was cool. Cause then it leads to the sequence with, uh, cause you have Jaber have the, the sequence talking to Baldwin and, you know, basically giving his little rant and that Baldwin, at that point, cows to. And then you have the sequence where then later on, Domenico goes to Baldwin, exposes what Jaber has said about running, working with Benjamin and working for, with Benjamin for centuries with this long game to destroy Matthew and the Declaremonts. And then, you know, uh, Baldwin kind of like getting the realization that, oh, man. This is way yeah. worse than I expected. Well, you also have to realize that uh, Philippe, or not Philippe, sorry, Baldwin was, he kind of saw himself as Philippe's favorite, or he tried to be Philippe's favorite, you know, and that's why he, I mean, he and Matthew kind of had this sibling rivalry type of thing. So, I mean, I think he really, really liked Philippe and he really respected him. So when, when he finds out that, Baldwin had a hand in defeating, you know, taking out Philippe and breaking him, you know, that would probably put Baldwin in a position of wanting justice or, you know, on top of all of that. I mean, wouldn't you think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's done with uh, Joubert now. Whatever yeah. he can do to Jaber, I think, is what he's going to do. So it'll just you know, be interesting to see what they do to take Jaber down. Yeah, they, I see the battle with Satu. I have no idea how they're going to take out Jaber. 
Satu, I think, is going to be a battle between Diana and Satu. I think maybe Matthew oh, yeah. will get involved somehow because, you know, women always need help the way these shows often run. Well, but hopefully they I, don't do that. Know. But I have a feeling it's going to be Diana and Satu and, and Phil, uh, Matthew and Phil, uh, Matthew and Be- uh, Benjamin or Matthew's going to be in, in a really sorry state where it might be uh, Marcus coming in to save the coming in to save uh, Matthew's skin. Or Jack, maybe. Yeah. Oh, for a they got, we got a lot of options, right? <laughs> if they all go in there, yeah. it's going to be an interesting battle. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think uh, obviously, and I, I, you know, uh, Benjamin and, and Satu, I think, bit off more than they can chew now and i they just don't realize it yet yep and so when you get this small army of people coming oh excuse i mean it's kind of okay that's a little bit of a that's a bit of an overstatement but when you get a whole bunch when you're expecting maybe diana and one or maybe one other person when instead you're going to get diana and rebecca uh uh sarah and and uh, Marcus and Jack and you know a few other witches and, and all. I mean, you're, you're gonna get you're you're gonna get a bit of a gang that's uh, gonna be you know su- you know supporting you and backing you up. I mean, so I mean, they're they're not that. Po- I mean, if you got Diane's at two, they're gonna keep each other busy for a while, and you got Fuchs against a whole litany of vampires that. Uh, Benjamin's trouble. I mean, Benjamin's going to be in trouble, and I don't think. And obviously, he doesn't know it. He's only expecting like Diana to come. He's probably only expecting Diana to come in, and not everybody else. Because I mean, for all you know, Galaglass might be involved, and the rest of them, and they're just going to. And yeah, that's we had no Hubbard. (laughs) I mean, I was actually looking for Hubbard in this episode, but he wasn't there, and it was like, ah, too bad because. I'd like to see Hubbard one more time. Yeah. And he'd have reason to go after Benjamin because of what happened with Jack. So there's another reason that you can have Hubbard as part of that process to get rid of Benjamin. So, Well, uh, not only that, but um, Benjamin attacked some of the people that Hubbard was supposed to protect. Oh, and Knox did too. So they're all tied together. So... Right. So, I mean, you know, Hubbard is probably going to want to be a part part of this just because, hey, you know, you attack. I mean, if anything, Hubbard's got it. If anything, Hubbard has to say face and say, look, you know, this this person attacked some of my people and they paid for it. You know, so that would make other people think not to attack uh, anybody under Hubbard's care. And it's funny because when I remember first in season two, I wasn't too fond of Hubbard. Now I think he's pretty, pretty, pretty not a bad guy. I wouldn't say awesome, but definitely a decent, definitely one of the good guys. He's proven that he's someone you can rely on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, when he trusted Diana enough that he had the one page, you know, he was the yeah. vampire page. So. That was interesting. Will he make a, an appearance next week? I hope you know, so. I, I hope so, but I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, because he's not part of the the sin. He's not one of the knights, right? No. Yeah, and he only sees like his domain to be London. Basically, he's run it yeah. for centuries. Right. It's almost like he's he's not even part of any group. He's just him. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, he's kind of a free agent. He's kind of his own group. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's almost like he's using his vampirism as part of his priesthood, and and his followers aren't other creatures; they're humans. For the most part, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, what did you guys think of the stuff from the what's going to happen next week, or the the teaser stuff that they gave? Right. I don't know. What about you, Sean? Since you brought it up, what, what do you think? Well, well it, obviously, Jaber's going to try and make his move. So I just wonder how they're actually going to take him down. Because he's in, well, they show him in that sequence where he's talking to Isabeau and he's like very cocky, his cocky self. Um, so I'm just really interested to see how are they going to wrap up, you know, taking him down. And just how are they going to take him down? And then, as I say, for who who know, I like the the sequence where they, I don't know where they are. They're on a rooftop, and Miriam kicks the hell out of the door. <laughs> that just looks yeah. so awesome. <laughs> they come in on a helicopter. Yeah. So it would be awesome to see if uh, Miriam gets to kick some ass. <laughs> Can only hope. Especially if, like, uh, the reader told us that she's like three thousand years old. You think she's got to have some tricks in her her uh, bag as well? So, true. I mean, how old how old is Matthew? I don't think he's three thousand. No, I think I don't think he's as old as she is if she's three thousand. So, right. I think he's probably what he's got to be what seven hundred, eight hundred years at, at least. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Because going back to 1590 was at least 500, 600 years, right? So he's got to be the least. Yeah, because I mean, Philippe almost, I mean, with Philippe, I mean, when he showed us that, uh, you know, the ruins of uh, the, the Temple of Diana, I mean, he was pretty much hinting that he was around when it was built. So I mean, she might be around. She might have been around like around the same time as Philippe. So I mean, that's. I mean, if you think about three thousand years, it'd be. I mean, with world history, that's. <laughs> that's quite a lot. I mean, that's everything, right? Just about. Well, not I everything, mean, but close well, enough. I mean, I'm thinking of myself like. Uh, I mean, that's. I mean, I'm thinking biblical history-wise. That's before King David. I mean, that's just to give you that kind of perspective. That's before King David. That's like around the time of Abraham. That's it is a long, long time. time. That's a freaking yeah. long time ago. Yeah. Wouldn't you is. get bored? I mean, seriously, wouldn't you be bored after a while? Well, you know, for them, the years pass, but, you know, some change is fast, but some change is slow. Like, I would think they'd be bored. Yeah for a long time until 
like the last hundred years because so much changes. But they would have to yeah. stay relevant, right? They would have to – times would change, but they wouldn't unless they made sure that they could. Yeah. I mean, it's just – I was just thinking there was a there's a, a Japanese animated movie called uh, Vampire Hunter D. Yeah. Which, if you can see it, see it because it's a really good show. It's a it's a good movie. Um, Yeah, and like the main vampire in that in that movie, he's just. I mean, every time you see him, he's bored, and he's bored, and he's bored, and finally, like some fighting goes on around him. He pretty much says, "I haven't been this excited in years." So I'm just wondering, like the elves in Middle Earth, they they would have to be the same, right? They they've got to get bored. That's true. That's true. I mean, the thing is, they're still mortal. I mean, they're. I mean, they'll eventually grow old and die. Uh, they would. No, they don't grow, grow old and old. die. Only if they like, they can sadden and die from that, or they can die from being yeah. killed. But that's it. Yeah, that's right. So technically, they're like semi-immortal. Just, yeah. You just leave yeah. Middle Earth, right, and go to the sail to the west. They can do that too, which I guess or, is kind or of like marry dying. a uh, <laughs> or marry a human and then you become human yourself. Right? Yeah, that's the other yeah, option. Give up your yeah your essence. I think that's why there's so many stories about humans becoming immortal. You know, vampires are one of them. There's just a lot of stories about it because we all wonder what it would be like. But I don't think it would be as glorious as we all think it would be. Yeah, that's a question. Well, yeah, I think dealing with the loss would be very tiring for sure. Because you're like, how many times do you have to lose people that you care about? Like the Highlanders. Because you keep going. I was just thinking <laughs> that. I was just thinking that. <laughs> oh, dang it. You took, well, good, good, good on you, Barrett. You took it right <laughs> <laughs> I just watched it recently. That's the only reason it came oh, into my really? mind right away. <laughs> all I could think because all I could think of is hearing Sean Connery talk about Shikiku. And all. <laughs> <laughs> How I remember that name, and I still have a tough time remembering names from the from the show. I have no idea, but still. Um, so yeah, that it's kind of an interesting question because I was thinking about Highlander and how we, you know, you get you're immortal, you get bored, but I don't know. I mean, you. I sure don't think I'd get bored, but you know, I guess after 500 years, maybe we'd find out that that's not quite the case. (laughs) I mean, there's a character in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that's also immortal, and he got so bored that he decided to get in his ship and and go to every single being ever existed alphabetically and insult them. All right, I forgot that. It's been a while since I've read those. <laughs> yeah, and so I mean, <laughs> I mean that in itself was kind of interesting too. So people just do that just so they can, you know, they have to pass the time somehow. Well, I think we have beat this episode into the dirt. <laughs> And we talked about the preview. Yeah. We're episode. talking about Highlander and the Hitchhiker's yeah. <laughs> Galaxy. I think we're I think we're done. Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah, so there's really not not much more to 
discuss. We, like we said, we talked about um, what we think is going to happen next week too. Um, so just a couple of things. Again, where obviously you can email us at darkdiscussions.aol.com or press the contact us link on the menu on darkdiscussions.com. We'll read your email on the, the podcast. Uh, I know Sean always wants to mention Patreon. So Patreon is a, a place where you can donate to the podcast. Uh, you can go to patreon.com backslash darkdiscussions, or you can just press the Patreon link on uh, darkdiscussions.com and uh, it will bring you to that page. And for every $5 that you donate, there's a chance that we will pick your choice for a topic on uh, one of our other podcasts. Um, so, for example, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, we just recorded one of our patron people had chosen that as a topic, and uh, we picked out of the list randomly of the topics that people have asked us to do that have contributed to Patreon, and that was the one we did. Uh, Bad Moon is another one, and we're recording that this week. Um, so, uh Thank you. If you do donate, if not, it's not a problem because uh, we're here to do it because we enjoy doing it. Um, also, uh, I guess we can get into our um, final thoughts on this episode. Uh, so let's do that. Uh, let's start with you, Sean. Uh, yeah, another solid episode, a really good build up to whatever's going to be the finale for us next week. Uh, enjoyed some of the, the big reveals and uh just uh, looking forward to see what happens and how they wrap this up. All right. Very good. Um, yeah. For me, um, yeah, it was a pretty good episode. Um, the Mount Knox uh, issue um, being a little anticlimactic was unfortunate. And, and knowing that Matthew was heading to a trap and sure enough that happened. Um, yeah, those those were were the, were the quote unquote weak parts of the episode. But uh, generally, the episode was really good, especially the Diana stuff. That was really great, um, and uh, Satu um, was pretty awesome as well. Um, and of course, uh, as, as Sean mentioned, Domenico um, and Baldwin scene was really good as well. Uh, so it was a it was a strong episode. Uh, it was a good penultimate episode. Uh, let's go with you, Barrett. Uh, I really like this episode. It might be my favorite, my series favorite. Um, I thought it was really well done. Um, there might be an episode from season two that beats it, but all in all, I thought it was a great episode, great penultimate episode. I'm ready for the finale. All right, let's go with you, uh, Kevin. Uh, much of what Barrett was saying, this was definitely my season favorites. Uh, it was probably one of the shorter episodes, but definitely chock full of stuff. And even though, Phil, you said that you were a little disappointed in Knox's uh, anticlimactic, for some reason, I thought it was very fitting uh, for Knox to go that way. Because in my, my opinion, it showed that Knox really did have power, you know, uh, and and it showed that he really wasn't as great as he thought he was. And so when he went... It was anticlimactic because he himself was rather anticlimactic. Um, but I mean, yeah, all the the rep, the, the revelation that we got uh, from this episode, like I said, this was probably my definitely my season favorite, and I still think that we are seizing seeing a positive change in Matthew. All right, sounds good. Um, all right, so uh, that's our uh, discussion of the penultimate episode. 
uh, for folks who don't know what that word means, because believe it or not, a lot of people don't. I, I didn't know too much about it until um, Game of Thrones came out. But uh, that means the episode before the last of a season, or in this case, a season and a series. Yeah, I had um, no clue until I started on Dark Discussions what penultimate meant. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I learned exactly. through a mighty Python uh, there you go. Uh, what about you, Sean? Did you know that word? Uh, no, this was a dark discussions thing that I I got. So see, it's it's informative and entertaining. Yeah, I blame <laughs> I, I, you. Can, you can blame Mike from the Dark Discussions podcast because he was the first person that I ever heard it from. So um, yeah, actually, they use Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy too. Oh, they do. Yeah, in yeah, the book, you mean? The, uh, Oh, the in the book and in the radio in the radio dramas, they uh, the the announcer at the uh, restaurant at the unit says, "There's nothing penultimate about this. This is the proverbial it." <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, all right. All right. So uh, that's pretty much. I, what? Oh, sorry, Con. As that I love those books. All right. So uh, that's pretty much it. So. Um... We'll be here next week, of course. But uh, with that, uh, Barrett, why don't you lead us out? Thanks again for dis- thanks again for joining us on a discovery of witches, demons, and vampires. Join us again next week when we have the last episode to cover. 